welcome to uh, Weird Science, a psychology podcast about different psychological phenomenon. I am Laura. And I am Emily. And um, yeah, let's talk about weird science. Oh, yeah, I said that part. Okay. I know, but I said it again. Okay. Um, so we're, we're starting this podcast because we both love psychology, love the idea of understanding the human mind and how it works and all the things that can happen with it. Uh, my background personally is in neuroscience and I was a psych- actual legitimate psychology major in college. There we go. What a great lot. That oh, did me good. Yeah. I was I was neuro but I I minored in psych because it it interests me and you know Emily was in it so I had to be better than her. That's mean. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Um, Today we're covering dissociative identity disorder. All right, Emily, you take it away. I'm going to start off with, because I don't know how many people actually know what that is. You do. I do. We all do, maybe. Uh, So dissociative identity disorder, probably more commonly known as multiple personality disorder. Um, We refer to it as DID throughout this whole thing, because I don't like saying. It's a long, it's a freaking long name. All right, so Webster Dictionary uh, definition of this is essentially a mental disorder characterized by at least two distinct and relatively enduring personalities. Um, These personalities are different than kind of, uh, we'll just start, there is one host personality as it is called. This is the general person who lives and does things throughout the day. They are the ones who perform daily tasks and are otherwise unaware of the other personalities. Uh, this host personality is not necessarily the original personality. It can be one that was sort of cobbled together to just get shit done. Right. Um, and and do they have to be unaware of the other personalities, or can it be kind of like they're kind of aware of it? It sounds like that usually what happens is they're not aware prior to diagnosis. Okay. Like, Interesting. normally... It's, you know, the thing is, is it's kind of curious, like, is, are the, the, uh, other personalities aware of the other person? Cause the host is the one who's not aware, like for sure. Right. Cause the host is like, what the fuck's going on with my life? Yeah. So do the other personalities? No, I don't know. That's not just, I didn't, so I didn't specifically look that up for sure. Okay. But it also wasn't mentioned. Cool. Unless I did make a note in here. Cause I made, I made these notes like three months okay. ago. Okay. So, well, know. let's get right. through it then. Yeah. So. On top of the host, there are other personalities that are referred to as alters. Um, With DIDs, there's usually present two or more. I didn't see any cases where it's just one alter. So there's at least three people knocking around in one head. Um, Right. Now, some of these alters are fully developed personalities, although some are various shades of a personality do not have to be fully formed in order to get the diagnosis. So switching between these personalities causes gaps in memory. Uh, We're talking long hours unaccounted for by the host. These memory gaps cannot be explained by ordinary forgetfulness. So yeah, like I said, we're not talking about just leaving keys around. Right, right. We're talking... Like blackout periods and not from being drunk. Yeah, like you went... Uh, you went to the store, and then five hours later, you're back home. You don't have groceries, and you don't know what the hell just happened. Right. And you did not take anything. 
So DID is diagnosed about six times more often in females than males. Um, this could be, there's just generally um, a lack of proportionate diagnosis for a lot of things like ADHD is more commonly diagnosed in men than females. So it's possible it just presents differently in men. Right. Um, or maybe they just don't have it. I don't know. Right. Maybe DID hard to is tell a misandrist. Hard, hard, well, hard, to, hard to tell what's like socialized and what's, um, yeah. you know, uh, nature versus the nurture. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I think I do remember one article talking about like it also can be kind of normal for men like it's kind of almost normal for men to maybe go into different states depending on like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if during your research you came up with a case about the football player. Nope. No, okay. So it's okay if I briefly mention yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Go for it. So what had happened with him is um, he was like on Oprah, so he's a pretty famous case mm-hmm. where his, his, then, his then wife had mentioned that she always thought that he was a different man on the field than off the field. Oh, uh, yeah, I did he hear about this. like really aggressive. His teammates were like, yeah, this guy goes, and then he comes home and he's like, much nicer normal man. dad yeah normal dad i mean they were they obviously had issues and ended up getting a divorce but she was really supportive through through his like diagnosis and stuff but mm-hmm. yeah so it was like no one really thought about the fact that he was on the field and was totally aggressive and like this just brute force and then he was not like that at home like people, like that's totally normal right. like they didn't think about it it wasn't until he was all like yeah i have gaps of time that i can't account for i play football yeah, no. <laughs> Did you imagine? Oh shit! Yeah. I'm in the NFL. Crazy. Um, but yeah, like, so such as that. So uh, the number of cases has increased significantly in the latter half of the 20th century, along with the number of identities claimed by those affected. We're talking going from I have five to I have 25. Right. Um, a lot of this, at least the significant increase in cases can be attributed to increased exposure of DID. I think this is also when it did become a lot more popular media. Yeah, I mean, there were so many movies. There was that one with, like, what? who was it? Do Halle Berry? Oh. Halle, you, do you oh. remember that one? Is that, does it have Robert Downey Jr. in it? I don't remember. I just remember Jeez. Halle Berry. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Anyway. <clears throat> um, and her right. alters were, like, racist white people. Yeah, I think that's the movie with Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Maybe. Cool. I know there's a psych film where she's in it, and he's also in it. Cool. Anyway. They could be in multiple films together. So, yeah. So this could be increased exposure, a lot of media coming out, people becoming more aware of it, uh, better diagnostic tools, you know, psychology was shit prior to, like, night, really, still kind of shit for the most, a lot of time. We're we're slowly working (laughs) on it. But definitely in the 1950s, like, let me take an ice pick up your head. It It was no good. And then on top of that is just improved mental health care. We actually gave a shit if there was something wrong with you. Cool. So around half of people with DID have fewer than 10 personalities or identities, and most have fewer than 100, and as many as 4,500 have been reported, which is a lot of people in your head at one time. That is many. That is several college classrooms, several Psych 101 courses worth of people. So again, not all of these are fully formed because I can't imagine trying to. I don't. I don't think anyone could have just in general come up with forty five hundred different personalities. Most of these are going to be shades. So uh, the reports are of between these personalities or shades of personalities. Is there is a distinction in a tone of voice, word choice, and physical presence between personalities? Some personalities do ignore obvious physical characteristics. 
as, yeah, like I said, the black man personality in a young white girl, which I think is probably the most common go-to is the black man and the white woman that's, sort of thing. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's really not it's weird. great. Like, that's, li- like, any sort of, even, the, like, fictional, real, yeah. that's always yeah. a thing, and I don't know why. Stereotype. I mean, like I said, the Halle Berry, where she's a black woman with racist white people in her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems to yeah. be a thing people like to oh. talk about. Uh, that does remind me of an episode of Criminal Minds. I think okay. it's, or maybe it was NCIS. I don't okay. remember. Where this person was committing a crimes, and it turns out, oh my God, it's not actually a woman. It's a man, and he has DID. And oh, yeah, I remember that one. We watched it at your house for like yeah. a sleepover back in middle school, I think. Did we? Was it called Three? Right? With like a, the I number remember three in the title. Oh, no, that's a movie. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You were talking about it. Yes, but that's also that's yes. also a common thing. Yes. But in media is we don't have transgender people. We have people cross-dressing with DA. Right. But yes, I, I mean, totally hello, forgot about that movie. Buffalo Bill. And oh, yes. It moisturize or whatever he says. Would you fuck me? I'm <laughs> sorry. Thanks. I haven't seen that movie in years, but I yes. think I feel like that was a good impression. Thank you. I appreciate it. So the primary personality, the host, mm-hmm. tends to have the name of the patient because that's the one who's going to end up going to the appointments in the first place. So, um, so to talk talk about the different uh, types of I I word is people may experience, and then I broken all up. So behavioral, you see impulsive behavior, self-destructive behavior, or self-harm. Mm-hmm. In mood, we are talking anxiety, feeling detached from self, or mood swings. Uh, Shall we interject? This is this is not a checkoff list. Oh, yeah. Please, please. please do not self-diagnose oh, yeah. here. Just or, in general, don't uh, self-diagnose. Well, I mean, I think self-diagnosis is important in some facets, and we can discuss that on a different podcast. Yeah, sure. But... Talk about self-diagnosis. Yeah, so yeah. We, we really should talk about it. But... Maybe not on our podcast okay. from two unprofessional women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no no professionals in here. Please do not let me list things when you go that. If you say, that sounds like me, go talk to a professional. Yeah, go, go talk to somebody if, who knows their But don't shit be like, better. oh, my God, I must have DID, and then go with that for the rest of your yes. life without talking to anyone right. else. This is, right. This is a fun podcast. It's it's for funsies. No, no hard no, diagnoses no, no here. No peer-reviewed stuff. Oh, yeah, maybe like some cited case studies. Okay, let's yeah. let's get a lot of this like give me some fun articles. Okay, yeah. So then, um, psychologically, we have the altered consciousness, depression, and flashbacks. Um, also common, like I said, is the amnesia or blackouts. Yeah. Depersonalization, which is a sense of being detached from one's body, and is usually referred to as an out of body experience. Mm-hmm. And derealization, this is like the feeling that the world is not real or looking foggy or far away. Both of those are pretty common with DID because it's a dissociative disorder. They're all kind of under that same umbrella of dissociative disorders. Gotcha. Um, and then amnesia. This You cannot recall significant personal information. That is incredibly extensive. Like I said, you didn't just put your wallet somewhere and you can't find it. You have hours unaccounted for. People are telling you about things that you did or said that you don't remember and you, to your knowledge, were not under the influence of anything. Like, you went to work and you, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you told off the boss. And you're like, wait, when did I do that? Yeah. Or why am I suddenly at the park? You don't know how you got there. Right. And that's never fun. So, um, 
There can also be microamnesias where uh, the discussion engaged is not remembered or the context of a meaningful conversation is forgotten from one second to the next. So, because uh, I know, I've heard that people can rapidly pretty much go through personalities and once you are diagnosed, people some, some people can't control it and we're talking like boom, 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 like 10 people, 10 seconds sort of thing. Not that quick, that's pretty quick. Okay. So, and then there's of course identity confusion or identity alteration. Both of these involve a sense of confusion about who a person is. Um, so you can have trouble defining the things that interest your, um, you in your life, uh, political or religious or social viewpoints, sexual orientation, professional ambitions, all of that's really going to differ from personal or can differ from personality to personality. So understandably, the host is going to have a very hard time figuring out who the hell they're supposed to be. So and on top of these alterations, you can experience distortions in time, places, and situations. So we're going to talk next about some of the symptoms that are seen for it in the DSM-5, known as the Bible of Psychology. Right. Um, Let's talk about that yeah. for a little bit. So the Diagnostics and Statistics Manual, I think it's called. Probably. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so basically, I was saying it was like in the 70s or something, a bunch of medical, mental people got together mm -hmm. and decided to essentially try to create a reliable way of diagnosing patients across multiple professionals it's really annoying when you go to one therapist you get this diagnosis and you go to a second one you get a completely different one right. so it essentially lists all of the commonly recognized disorders and is essentially a checklist of if you want to be diagnosed with depression schizophrenia narcissistic personality disorder you have to check off a certain amount of boxes um so some of the symptoms included in the dsm for did include a loss of identity as related to individual distinct personality states uh or reference of time, a loss of sense of self and consciousness. Um, in each individual, the clinical presentation varies and the level of functioning can change from severely impaired to, in, to adequate. Um, so the symptoms of dissociative amnesia are under the DID diagnosis, but they can also still be diagnosed separately. Um, basically, the difference is, is when you have amnesia, is you just don't remember it versus where the DID is usually... There's somebody else yeah. kind of taking over for yeah. a minute. Yeah. You're not just going into a fugue state and wandering down a highway. Right. Um, so individuals with DID uh, usually experience stress from both the symptoms of DID, such as intrusive thoughts or emotions, and then the consequences of accompanying symptoms, such as, you know... You don't remember specific information and people are angry at you. Cool. Because you said stuff you weren't have or you did things you don't normally do. So identities may be unaware of each other. So it does say may. So may, may not, yeah. So it I've sounds like the alters may. Some mixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so because they are unaware, uh, they compartmentalize knowledge and memories and this results in a chaotic personal life. Individuals with DID may be reluctant to discuss symptoms due to association with abuse, shame, and fear. Um, I'm going to mention this later, but DID tends to be a trauma-related disorder. Yeah. And then the media really does villainize a lot of these people. Like, yeah. it's you have DID, you're gonna, you're a bad person. Like, you're going to do terrible, horrible things. Where, or you're completely traumatized. And yeah. Just, and yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. So we're going to talk about... The actual criteria as listed in the DSM, these are the things that you have to check off in order to 
be diagnosed with DID. So you must have two or more distinct identities or personality states, each with its own relative enduring pattern of perceiving, relating to, and thinking about the environment itself. It is important that they are distinct from the host. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they always talk about, like, people having, like, your work self and your social self and your alone self. Right. That's, hats. Your hats. Yeah, your hats. That's different. Yeah. You're not putting on a hat. You're putting, you're a totally different person. Right. Um, and, like, you talk with the Halle Berry movie about her being occupied with racists. That was, yeah. That's definitely different. It's definitely very different. Not mm-hmm. a hat. No, it's a bad hat if it's your hat. It's a very bad hat. hat. Please don't wear that hat. We're talking about the red one. Please don't. Okay, continue. So amnesia must occur, uh, defined as gaps in the recall of everyday events, important personal information, and or traumatic events. The person must be distressed by the disorder or have trouble functioning in one or more major life areas because of the disorder. This is common throughout most most of yeah. the ones at the bottom are I like... I mean, I can't imagine if you uh, black out and you just wander around that you'll be super functional. No. Yeah. No. no. You lost like $2,000. You don't know where it went. It's like, oh, um, that's but yeah. new. This is, that's just one that's not... That is a diagnosis. That is like a diagnosis pretty criteria. Yeah, so it's yeah, pretty it's not common to do it. It's not, it's not specific. specific. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not specific it's to It's not DA. unique to mm-hmm. certain... Disorders. Same with the next one, which is that the disturbance is not a part of normal cultural or religious practices. So if it's within your religion or culture that people dissociate and are occupied by other entities being personality. Possession, a.k.a. (laughs) ex-Catholic here, all about it. Yeah, so stuff like that is not, is basically the DSM is trying to be culturally sensitive to recognizing that. This may be normal somewhere else. Yeah. And then... Or not normal, but at least it's not the same thing. It's, yeah, it's not a D, It's not DID. Yeah. It's because your religion says yeah. the word ghosts or something. Well, yeah, we'll get into that one later, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. No. And then finally, the symptoms cannot be due to the direct physiological effects of a substance, such as blackouts or chaotic behavior that results from, you know, intoxication or just a general medical condition. The note I put talks about complex partial seizures. Don't know how that relates to be dissociating, but essentially it's just saying you you can't attribute this, your amnesia and your different personalities to a substance you took or another medical condition that you have. Right. So diagnosis takes time. Um, Many individuals spend about seven years in the mental health care system prior to diagnosis. This is mostly yeah. largely due to the fact that DID has so much overlap. Yeah, I mean, so I've heard things. a lot of people just get uh, diagnosed with, like, depression or mm-hmm. schizophrenia or something. I think bipolar was bipolar, the most Bipolar, yes. Because bipolar is characterized by highs and lows. Right. You think if you go from being, like, A normal, crazy fun alter to, yeah. like, a crazy sad alter. Or the, just the fact or, that, like, if we're talking, like, yeah, huge shifts in personality, we're talking huge shifts yeah. in mood. Right. And people are like, it's the same person. You know, they're just very... Very manic right now. Right, right. But that's not true. Right. So now we're going to talk about the causes. Um, I wonder if I get to use my fun word of like those, I'm sure you've heard of the genic things, the genic words. No, cool. No, no. I don't, I don't know if I've used the word in here, but I hate, I don't know how to pronounce it, so I think I might take it out. Anyways, that's an aside. That's a word I don't like how they use it because I can't say it. So the causes of DID. So, um, some professionals believe that childhood trauma is one of the root causes. 
in about 90% of cases of DID, there is a history of child abuse, although some cases do link to experiences of war or health problems during childhood. Mm. But most often it's child abuse, usually sexual abuse, unfortunately. unfortunately yeah. yeah. Um, young children's brains are less mature than adults, and they are more susceptible to develop a dissociative personality because their sense of self and their personality are not very cohesive. They are still developing. Mm-hmm. So this kind of leads to the ability to fracture. And also as a child, not being able to deal with emotional, serious, yeah. abusive trauma. Like, cause, you know, like in the books I've read I about mean, it. Kids in general just are not good at controlling their emotions. Yeah. I cannot imagine having you know, something. A personal experience. Oh, yes. Working with children <laughs> is fantastic. Anyway. But just in general, I mean, as a child, when especially when adults are supposed to take care of things, it's understandable that you're going to create a world where you can run away and someone else has to handle the problem. Yeah. You're, you're six, you know? Yeah. We're, talk- we're talking very young here, like three, six, yes. you know, pre-K ages. Yes. Um, I heard it's most often between first and second grade. Yeah. yeah. The trauma. So um, children are less able than adults to cope with and integrate traumatic experiences. So when a young person, uh, when a person is young and they experience a severe trauma, they are more likely to develop dissociative disorder. Mm-hmm. Children who lack emotional and social support are more likely to develop trauma-related dissociative disorders just in general. That's understandable. You don't have someone to turn to, so you're just going to go away for a while. Right. Um, Check out. Mm-hmm. And if they are growing up in a toxic or neglectful family environment where they are not supported to cope with difficult feelings and situations, they are more likely to use dissociation as a way of dealing with trauma. Cool. It is less likely. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, this is great. Yep. This is so happy. Yeah. So wonderful. Which, what a wonderful topic. Oh, I know. We, we, we're definitely starting off with a heart hitter. Yep. And it doesn't get any easier. Oh, no. It is less likely that they will be able to integrate into their autobiographical narrative, a.k.a. the story of their life. Right. If they have neither the words to talk about it nor anyone who is willing to listen and or care for them. And I mean, why would they want to if it's so horrible and traumatic? Yeah. Traumatic, you know? yeah. They have no one to turn to. They're going to make someone else who can. So traumatic events are therefore likely to remain out of mind, or in other words, dissociated. Dissociate so this yeah, is yeah. this is in general for dissociative disorders, but DID is one of them. Yes. So it's saying this is just common right, right, right. across all of these disorders. So research um, names two main factors for the disorder. So it is trauma and disorganized attachment. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about attachment later because that's just a fun topic. But just to briefly go over it, disorganized attachment is essentially abuse by a caregiver that is scary or frightening. Right. So you can't trust them. Yeah. Like you don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to get from these people. Um, Some people argue that for to develop, the trauma needs to be chronic, i.e. it needs to happen a lot. Right. And that it needs to have begun by the age of eight or eight. Eight years old and probably even younger. So that's what yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned first so or second. Between so it has to happen by the first or yeah. second grade. Yeah. yeah. So um, I got a quote a theory by Richard Cleft, whose name I actually have not heard. In, and I heard it when I researched this and right. I'm hearing it again. Yeah. Um, he has a theory of development of dissociative identity disorder based on four factors. First, you have to have the capacity for dissociation. Talking about... Um, I'm not, well, no, I'm not going to get into that, that whole chart, skin, I don't even, stress diathesis model, I'm not going to get into that now. Okay. But you have to have the capacity to dissociate. 
you have there has to be precipitating traumatic experiences that overwhelm the child's non-dissociative coping capacity. Um, so yeah, severe bullying, abuse, trauma, really bad things that mm-hmm. no one should have to deal with, but children especially should not have to go through. Poor babies. Poor babies. And then there has to be a specific psychological structuring of the DID alternate personalities. And there have to be perpetuating factors such as a lack of soothing and restorative experiences, which necessitates individuals to find their own ways of moderating distress. Yeah, they have no other outlet. So biologically, some people may have a greater tendency to dissociate or they may have organic problems in the brain that make it harder for them to integrate um, or associate. Mm-hmm. As, as opposed to dissociate their experiences. So genetics can also play a role. This is not a heavily... In terms of all the disorders that get a lot of research, this is one that doesn't get a lot. Uh, and so there's not a lot of background into genetics and biology with this. A lot You can usually find with a lot of disorders they don't do a lot of research into. They're like, there's probably a genetic factor. We don't yeah. know. That's just kind of their go-to. And then um, an alternate hypothesis is that DID is a byproduct of techniques used by some therapists, such as hypnosis, memories implanted by suggestions. I don't know if I go into great detail later about um, talking about like what, like DID is, because there is, you know, the school belief that DID is not an actual disorder. It is created by therapy that it is the power of suggestion that you have something else um, and you your just therapist just thinks that something's wrong with you and su- causes you to think that something's mm-hmm. wrong with you by suggesting that there is or whatever. Well, yeah, like they're, they tell you that you, you had traumatic experiences as a kid and you, you, you remember them, but it didn't actually happen. Or you get a therapist who is, believes in DID. And so they're going to kind of push that onto you. Right. You might just have a dissociative um, traits, but you don't actually have DID. And if, if you're saying DID is not even real, um, I mean, I don't think I go too much into that just because I feel like, I mean, really who, who decided that disorders are things like, you know, I, I don't know why DID doesn't get to be one. And so many disorders are that people recognize that don't end up in the DSM because people just couldn't agree on things. Like I know there's one in talk for like, having severe symptoms with, for, like, uh, menstruation. Like, we're not just talking, like, just kind of, I get a little sad. Like, movies make me cry more often when mm-hmm. I'm on a period. Like, happens with me. But, like, you are seriously out there. And you're like, I don't know what's happening to me. Like, I have a serious fluctuation in mood when I'm, you know, pre-menstruating. Right. So, anyways, back to what I was saying. <laughs> um, and then uh, the diagnosis should not be made ever if the, di- the air condition is better explained by substance abuse, seizures, imaginative play in children, or religious practices. Like I mentioned before, yeah, yeah, it cannot yeah. be a better explanation right, for this. Right. So, um, like I mentioned before, DID often gets mistaken for a lot of other things, and that's why it takes so long to diagnose. So there's a long list of comorbidity. So what that means is co-occurring disorders. So you can be diagnosed with more than one thing. Isn't that yeah, fun? Yeah. He can have all. Pretty he common. can get all the disorders. Hello, yes. Anxiety and depression. Woo. Yeah, it is actually incredibly common to have comorbidity, uh, anxiety, and depression for Ooh. the win. So uh, comorbidity that is common with DID is depression. Oddly enough, also substance abuse. That's got to be confusing. Uh, anxiety, PTSD, personality disorders. 
um, like bipolar personality, BPDs, bipolar personality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, borderline. No, um, borderline personality is, disorder, bipolar disorder. Right. Both of those both are of on them. there. Both of the BB. Yeah. All those uh, ABCs. Somatization disorders. Did I say that right? Somatization. Fuck. Yeah. One of those. The ones where you go deaf, but you're not actually deaf. Yes, right. It's like like your body causes something physical to happen, but it's really psychologically based. Physical manifestation of something psychological. Yeah. So, um, God, why do I... I I remember I put all these little acronyms being like, I'm going to know what that is. (laughs) MDD. Magnets. No. <laughs> if you can't, that's the science thing. If you can't explain Mul- it, it's magnets. Multi-dimensional disorder. That's yeah, a thing. On that. <laughs> I do, but I'm not going to look it up. Okay. Let's just keep rolling. MDD, whatever that is. Someone else look it up. Um, so there are high comorbidity rates of bipolar personality disorder, NDID. That is also one of the common ones I forgot. Yeah. Um, it is suggested that they are the same disorder with alters being a subsection of BPD. Um, so basically just another part of being borderline is you have different personalities, um, cause there is an overlap of self mutilation, impulsivity and rapid changes in interpersonal relationships. Wow. So also both of these are heavily diagnosed in women. There are not a lot of men diagnosed with BPD. They get something else instead. Narcissism. Yep. There you go. So it may also be that DID is overdiagnosed as in, there was one study where about a third of those um, were diagnosed with, um, DID. Yeah. I'm to reread. I, God, can't do research months in advance. I'm like, what am I trying to say to yeah. myself? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So the thing is, is that there's huge overlap between the two disorders of DID and BPD, but in one study, a third of those diagnosed with DID did not meet the criteria right. for BPD. So, so just kind of got lumped in there. Yep. And the next we're going to talk about treatments, um, because that's important. Yes. So this, there is no medication out there that really treats DID specifically. Right. You know, we're not talking lithium for bipolar. Yeah. Or I mean, it's it's hard because right. of, like, the lack of ability to find, like, a physical mm-hmm. reason behind it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's suggestions that you can be predisposed for DID, but there's no actual genetic thing. This isn't, like, where you have low serotonin in your brain for depression. So, generally, um, treatment involves supportive care and counseling. This is a trauma-based disorder it makes sense that you're gonna to have to go to therapy yeah uh, and the condition will often persist without treatment it's not just going to go away because you don't want to have it right so the common therapies include psychotherapy also known as talk therapy um so basically the therapy is designed to work through whatever triggered and triggers the did the goal here is to help fuse the separate personality traits right. into one personality. Right. But I've heard a lot of people don't want yes. that. Like yeah. a lot of patients mm-hmm. like their personalities. They they like their coping mechanisms. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> this is my coping mechanism. And I will not <clears throat> let it go. This is my emotional support word. Oh, this is my emotional support coping mechanism. Yeah, this, is my, this is my coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the psychotherapy wants to fuse the separate personality traits into one consolidated personality that can control the triggers. Like you said, though, some people don't want that. Understandably, they may not want to fuse. Um, And the therapy often includes family members in therapy, Mm. which I'm, I have, 
I have concerns. I guess it depends, like, you're talking about the person who actually abused you right. or your mom who just didn't do anything about it. I don't know. Or didn't know. Or didn't nah, know. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but this therapy does want to include, or I mean, it also could include siblings and other support. You could have had supportive family members that are willing to help you now. Who knows? Anyways, um, hypnotherapy is also used. It is often used in conjunction with psychotherapy. And as clinically as clinical hypnosis can be used to help access repressed memories, uh, control some of the problematic behaviors which accompany DID, as well as help integrate the personalities into one. This is a part of the thing that, people talk about with the idea is that you don't actually, you were not actually traumatized as a child, but through your hypnosis, your doctor told you you were and you believed it because you created those memories. There's a word for it, I think, a term. I don't remember what it is. No clue. Cool. Um, so also just hypnosis in general. Right. People can be questioned yeah, well, about that. We'll talk about it in another yeah. episode. And then something called adjunctive therapy never heard of this one. cool let's skip it <laughs> oh, oh but it's fun it's okay. it, it, therapy includes like art and movement therapy it oh, helps people fun. connect with their parts of minds so like music therapy and art and so basically it's uh, trying to help you develop other coping mechanisms to express yourself Rather instead of just yeah split personalities mm-hmm. yeah so um and to say there is no cure there is no medical treatment in existence though medication is used to treat co-occurring disorders, and it is fundamental to improvement, but overall it's management, no cure. Right. So, and then fun last, oh, not last part. Oh, I do oh, talk about okay. controversy. Okay. Next is history. Woo. Um, so the first documented case of DID was in 1791. Um, or I guess one of the first, yeah, it was like actually someone was diagnosed with something or something similar to this. Um, the first detailed account of an exchange personality was written about a 20-year-old German woman who began to speak perfect French, behaved like a French aristocrat, and spoke German with a French accent. While she was the French woman, she remembered everything she did as the German woman, but the German woman denied any knowledge of the French woman. Interesting. Um, DID was a focus of a study between 1880 and 1920, and in 1944, 67% of all known cases had been reported during that time. So this is a long, like a long case study. These case reports of DID then fell off dramatically, perhaps due to the increased diagnosis of schizophrenia, and of course our father Freud. Um, uh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> in the 1970s, the diagnosis of DID rose dramatically after the publication of the extremely popular book Sybil in 1973. In the 1970s alone, it is thought that more cases of DID were than all of history since 1816 um, and the famous case of Mary Reynolds. So um, that could... I don't know that one. I don't know that one either. Cool. Very famous. I just wrote her name. Incredibly famous. So famous. Between 1991 and 1997, over 500 cases of DID were admitted to a single um, dissociative disorders treatment in Dallas, Texas. So additionally, as more and more cases of DID... DID were reported. More and more alternate personalities, alters were reported in each case. The major of cases noted by 1944 manifested with only two personalities, whereas there's an average of 15.7 alters noted in cases reported in 1997. In current day, controversy still rages around DID, its diagnosis, and whether the disorder even exists. The DID goes all the way back to the original DSM published in, I was wrong, 1952. Um, It was under... 
It was with dissociative disorders under psychoneurotic disorders. And the DSM-2 was called hysterical neurosis. Of course. Of course, hysterical. Uh, Meaning women, just for yeah. those who aren't clued with into your, that. With your, yep, it, it specifically means uterus. So mm. I guess I shouldn't say women. But Wind, back then, they definitely uterus. meant Hysteria. your uterus. Mm. Okay. So in 1980, and the DSM-3 was published, um, the term dissociative was actually first introduced as a class of its own disorders, and the text revision of the third one, um, an essential feature of dissociative disorders was a disturbance in the normal integrative functions of identity, memory, or consciousness. Uh, this was an actual liberal diagnosis and may be responsible for the vast uptick in diagnosis of this known then as multiple personality disorder. So basically, right. they were like, we're just going to include all this stuff and so now no more people can get diagnosed. Yeah. And then the DSM-5 changed this definition and it allowed self-reports. Um, so the controversy of DID, this is just kind of important because DID is still, uh, it's not widely accepted despite the fact that it is in the DSM. Mm -hmm. um, this is because most cases come from a handful of clinicians um, and it's basically heavily, hotly debated in the and professional And it's all part. like case studies. It's not really like broad scope. Yeah. That's the thing. Isn't it? Also, it's like if you don't believe that DID is a disorder, you're not going to diagnose someone with it. So, I mean, Fair enough. it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's hard. Um, <sighs> and so it has also uh, been, it has also been used to win insanity, please. So people mm. don't really like it. But right. just as a sidebar, something I know from a different class is first off, insanity pleas are rarely used only about four percent of cases and less than one percent of them are successful to begin with so you could scream did all you want you're not necessarily going to get anywhere with it yeah um and then of course um the fact that there is increased diagnosis is this due to exposure in the media um is it due to you know it's therapy induced your therapist tells you and so you change your behavior to match that diagnosis right um in 1993, a paper did conclude that DID was an epiphenomenon of BPD. Uh, this is because there were just few differences in the symptoms of the diagnosis. They describe it as a syndrome of symptoms that occur in a person, so basically a subset of BPD mm -hmm. versus being something totally separate from itself. They concluded, and I quote that, uh, DID had no unique clinical picture, no reliable laboratory tests, could not be successfully delimited from other disorders, had no unique natural history, and no familiar pattern. And can I just add, mm -hmm. um, it was mostly women talking about it, so why, why believe them? <laughs> I mean, what are they going <laughs> to know? What are they anything. talking about? They don't know nothing. So uh, that same year, another paper concluded that the diagnosis had not been truly validated, mm -hmm. uh, but the paper still concluded that they thought it was, it was, it did exist as no one had really truly given it something a hard line for it. They stated, uh, current knowledge does not at this time sufficiently justify the validity of DID as a separate diagnosis, but that doesn't necessarily disprove of the concept of it. Okay. So then finally, and real quick, last I talked about was just some specific research. Notice this, you know, I pulled from the research I had done. Um, so most of the research that has gone into, when we start talking about like the research of DID is into the abilities of these, of the participants, namely memory. Cause that's like the huge thing, right? Is it's right. compartmentalized. You don't remember things. Um, so multiple studies have looked into the amnesia like symptoms as, um, they call it like interpersonality amnesia, uh, which are a hallmark of the disorder. And look, I even cited sources. Fancy. Good for you. No one cares. Unlike in Amnesia Fugue, research has shown that there is some transferences of memories between the personalities. 
A 2008 study showed results where after one altar was presented with a list of words, another altar who had not seen the list was able to recognize words from the original list that, the, uh, that had neutral emotional content. There's a whole thing with positive, okay. negative, neutral content. Sure. Um, upon further study into the topic of this memory transfer, it was shown that words that were emotionally driven were specific to the personality that viewed them, meaning that they had interpersonality amnesia when it came to subjective material. I see. So, like, if, if the word was toaster, then yeah, sure, everyone saw toaster. Yeah. But if the word was sadness, it would be, like, one of the personalities yeah. would relate to that. Or even, uh, I mean, when I when we, I actually did a project with this, we used the word Hitler. Um, um, that's like a charged word. Yeah, a charged word versus a yeah, toaster. Yeah. I mean, toaster could be subjectively charged to individuals, but in I this case, so. it couch is pretty um, yeah. neutral term. And then um, this is the thing to talk about with the brains is a case study using a single photon emission computed tomography. Oh, fancy spect scanning. Yeah. Um, this was, this was just, I spent one case study. Like there was, I literally, when I did the research for this originally, could not find another study that did this, which just kind of pissed me off. Okay. Um, which showed difference in regional brain activity between two personalities. Uh, this woman could voluntarily switch between them. And basically they showed that her brain activity did change. Right. Um, the researchers admitted though, that the differences could be attributed to the age difference between the two personalities. I think her other personality was like a teenage girl or something. I mean, that still shows that there's two different yeah. things going on. Right? Uh, yeah. Th their thing was like, well, she thinks she's a kid, so maybe she's going to use her brain differently. I don't um, know. Okay. Generally it's one case study. It doesn't really show anything. And I'm like, why is this not tried to be like mass? Yeah. More. Because yeah. the funding and grants and everything is fucked up. Science. Let's, let's continue. Yeah. Now we're going to go on to more fun stuff. I gave you all the boring overviews. Okay. Wait, are you done? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I know I talked forever, didn't you? Yes. 20 <laughs> minutes, but that's fine. Who's counting? Okay. So let's get into some of the case studies, people talking to various news outlets, et cetera, et cetera. Really fun. This is yeah, the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fun stuff. The fun Everyone stuff. Everyone loves hearing individual cases. Of course they do. All right. So the first one I found, her name was Lauren Stott. And I put that I mostly found this story on LAD Bible sources. And then I think I meant to list like the news channel I also found it on, but forgot to do that. Anyway. Oops. Okay. She was like, tw she or she is in her 20s, and she's from Georgia. She was, um, so she was originally diagnosed, like, after several years of therapy. Um, and her uh, personal psychologist believes that she must have experienced a trauma in the first or second grade that caused her first split as a coping mechanism, mm -hmm. but she doesn't actually, like, there was no point in the interview that I saw where she could actually, like, remember anything specific in her early years. She mm -hmm. did remember some stuff from her teenage years, and her therapist believes that further splits happened at those points okay. as further traumas occurred. That's interesting. Yes. Um, but she, like, there was no, like, starting, like, point yeah. of this definitely caused yeah, it. Yeah, they, or, or they did, she could have repressed it or something. Yeah, who knows. Um, or maybe she just really liked associating as a child. Sure. She is actually aware of her alters. She can mm. hear them chatter in her head. Um, sometimes they scream. Sometimes they <sighs> argue. 
Sometimes they cry. It's like having fun. siblings, but in oh, your head. Oh, God. Anyway, she keeps, uh, so she keeps journals for each one of her identities. Mm-hmm. So each identity has their own, like, journal. That's so cute. And uh, she's she has identified 12 different identities, um, and they are collectively referred to as her system. And one of the therapies her psychologist uses to help her, like, maintain sanity because if you can imagine a bunch of people screaming and crying in your head i think you need something going on um yeah so she uh so she imagines her uh different identities her alters like sitting in a classroom in her head and like and she is she has to be the leader she has to be the one in charge because otherwise um you know things get crazy it is like having a classroom of unruly children it really is um, she often, or not often, but it does say she experiences panic attacks and flashbacks as, like, different traumas come back. Um, mm-hmm. She says that oh, um, there are periods of time when one of her personalities was more in charge than the others, and those influenced a lot of her life choices. Like, for example, um, one of her personalities she calls intellectual, who is a devout Mormon, and intellectual was the one that was kind of in charge when Lauren was very active in the Mormon community. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, obviously that personality influenced her activities at the time and was more prominent in her personality than maybe even her hosts, right? Um, so some of her other personalities are Sylvie, a seven-year-old, who often throws tantrums, is very anxious, and holds a lot of the childhood memories. So those ones haven't really been unlocked yet because Sylvie hasn't fully developed yet, I think, okay. as a personality. Mm-hmm. Or hasn't decided to reveal her secrets. That's why she can't recall anything. If you have a, exactly. a personality that you don't really have access to that has all your childhood memories, like, yeah, God knows what you're repressing. So this is the other one, Hope. She was a personality that was more quiet and um, wasn't very prominent at all, but then um, eventually became stronger and revealed that there were uh, traumatic memories of sexual assault Mm -hmm. in her high school age group, Mm -hmm. or maybe late. It just says teenager, so that might even be late middle school. Who knows? Um, She also knows she has one animalistic alter, so not even human at all. Like, it's more like an animal. And I've heard a couple others that also yeah. reveal that they have animal-like alters. Very like, I, I heard one woman had a wolf alter, which is interesting. Um, yeah. How does a human know what a wolf would be like? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a psych. I mean, obviously, I'm it's sure a psychological. I'm sure it's one of those, like, base or instinct sort of things. Right, that right. It's, like, very wolf-like, and why not call it? I don't know. I, sh- I don't know anything. Keep talking. So um, she said in the interview that she didn't like when people, like, called her diagnosis into question, didn't believe her, like, think she's lying to herself or others, or feel she may be inclined to violence because of her disorder. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I wouldn't love that either. everything in the media yeah yeah so literally they're everything violent, they're bad people also you're faking you? yeah you're faking your i mean because like honestly when i was reading it i was like you know well how does she know that she was sexually assaulted mm-hmm. maybe she made up that personality or blah 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 and then i was like why are you being such an asshole like just you don't doubt yeah. women come on guys we're better than that but also you know whether or not did is actual disorder if the tr- if 
ha- having it recognized that she has it and getting it treated makes her life better. Exactly. You know, it's like it's like come on, it's yeah. Why do you get to be the professional on someone else's be- well being in their head? Right. You don't know what it's like in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought this was a, a fun fact. She has an emotional support dog named Sergeant Tibbs. Oh, adorable <laughs> kids. Sergeant Tibbs. Um, I totally stalked her on Facebook. And she <laughs> currently, uh, she lists her occupation on there as an owner-operator of Spade Studios teaching aerial acrobatics but don't know if that's updated that's please don't stalk her please don't reach out to oh my cool. god please don't reach out to any of the people we talk about oh yeah please don't let oh me. my god let them live okay She's if they person. want to do an interview they've done it and it's online i know Find that look instead. That. also what are you like a not an actual journalist yeah yeah exactly okay so the next person her name is encina i found her on a youtube channel called med circle she was also diagnosed in her 20s, and she she went in because I think she had BPD or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she had known she had something wrong with her. She was also forgetting things. She felt like she was forgetting things more often than usual. Mm-hmm. She felt like it was uh, becoming a real problem. Like, she was, like you said, I think, misplacing her keys, but, like, an abnormally large amount and like in really crazy places she yeah she lost her keys but it's also been two hours yeah it's like some crazy like she and she couldn't remember things and Mm -hmm. like her friends would say they went out the night before and she wouldn't remember anything of it and like she wouldn't even be how and they wouldn't say that oh you drank so much you know you don't remember like now it would be like oh yeah we just went out to dinner and the movies like how do you not remember how do you not remember there you were right there yeah so um, she decided to go get uh, diagnosed and was diagnosed about one year after starting to go to therapy for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she'd gone to therapy for other stuff. Well, you knows? said she'd been diagnosed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, I thought that had been mentioned, but it also has been like three months since I watched that video. So who knows? That's fair. All right. She has 11 alters, five primary alters, and one main alter that she switches into almost every day. So, and and she said that she switched into that one like more off, or she switches into that one more often when she's like feeling very uncomfortable or in an, a, te- a bad situation and things aren't going well in her life. Mm-hmm. She'll switch into that altar more. And that altar is Minnie, who is a three-year-old girl. And um, she also has the altar of Devin, who is acts as Minnie's caretaker and she protects Minnie from bad experiences. So um, if things are getting too much for Minnie to handle, then she'll switch into Devin so that Devin can take over. Um, She says that uh, she also has a third primary altar named Alora, who is actually a fairy. So that's another non-human altar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't mention this, but it is, I know, I do remember reading something about, like, sometimes it's, like, historical people or yeah. non, or, like, non-human. I didn't, mystical. I remember reading non-human. E, okay, well, fairy doesn't really count as human, but I guess humanoid. it's humanistic. Um, okay. Um, but, yeah, Alora is very uh, calm and rational. She's thousands of years old, another one of the primaries. Um, okay, so a little bit about the relationship between um, Devin and Minnie. So, again, uh, Minnie is the three-year-old girl 
that she often switches into. And um, it's suggested that perhaps the reason Minnie is so young is that that's around the age something traumatic happened in Encina's life, but she doesn't remember it. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know. And, um, but she does know that she cannot remember anything before the age of six. So I would suggest yeah. heavily something bad happened I at think that point. That was because uh, some of the stuff you're saying, like I don't think I've heard these cases before, but a lot of the information sounds familiar. I mean, it's all very similar. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of it does overlap with yeah. uh, when Rabbit House. Because I remember, like, oh, yeah. like she said, like I don't remember anything about myself like before the age of three. She's like that was the first time I well, was like three. Come was, on, that's like well, everyone. Okay, but anyway, all right, come on, all right. Um, so she doesn't remember anything before the age of six. She does believe, though she cannot remember it, she has had enough revelations and like experiences with her alters and in therapy that she was um, sexually assaulted by her father and potentially his friends in her very young years. So awful, awful stuff. Yeah, so Devin will come out to protect Minnie and Devin actually is a pretty common alter, common enough that Devin had a relationship with a man that Ancina did not date. So that's interesting. Fine. <laughs> so she she remembers like hanging out with a friend group and she could feel herself like, I think, switch a couple of times, but then wouldn't remember anything that happened after the switching and was later called it while she was being, you know, her host self, Ancina, and was called by the guy saying that they had been on a date. And could they go out again? Oh, and she God. was like, oh, no. Like, Secret <laughs> boyfriend. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Devin. <laughs> yeah. So Devin, uh, they did successfully date for like, I think it said at least a few months, if not longer. Jesus. Did it say if he knew? Oh, he knew. And he knew oh. that Encina did not feel the same way about him that Devin did. That is so weird. It is. It's very interesting. Odd. So like... Um, so she does, uh, she keeps a diary to interact with her alters, um, and she's co-conscious with her five primary alters, so she can think with them. She doesn't have to disappear fully. Okay. Um, they, and they do not always front and take over her body. Sometimes they'll just be present with her in her head, but she's still in control. Mm -hmm. And then they can block her out, and she, that's when she experiences blackouts. So, mm, yeah. She says it doesn't happen as often now that she's, like, conscious of her alters and, like, in better control of them. I'm sure help, a therapy has helped a lot. Um, but usually if, if she is blacked out um, and blo or blocked out by one of the alters, uh, she has no clue what happened unless they write a journal entry. And then sometimes she'll find the journal entries. Okay. Um... She can sometimes consciously have an alter come out in a voluntary manner, but only the ones that she's co-conscious with, so her primaries. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, the personalities come out due to triggers or traumatic events. Um, and, yeah, so she, she helps explain the, the co-consciousness as, like, um, driving in a car. So, like, she'll be driving the car and Devin will be in the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. And Devin can see everything that she sees around her. Yeah. Devin is in the car. She's experiencing the same things. She's just not the one driving at the moment. If something happens, they can switch, right? Devin can mm -hmm. become the driver. Um, and 
and Cena can just be the passenger, but it, it kind of depends. All right. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I would highly recommend watching the video um, on Med Circle's YouTube channel. So just look up the Encina Severa, which is spelled. So Encina is E-N-C-I-N-A. Severa is S-E-V-E-R-A. Uh, I recommend watching the episode because she actually comes out as Minnie. And it is very interesting to watch because... Yeah. Like it, like I work with preschool age patients. It didn't seem like a girl who's a really good actress and is like pretending to be a three-year-old. It was like listening to one of my three-year-old patients. Yeah, it was a three-year-old. It was a three-year-old. So kind of, it's... I imagine you could actually even see like... The, like the her body change, changes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very much... I would be... That is pretty It's very interesting. As, and as like the way she is. talks, like I don't... I mean, like, yeah, it just, it's very interesting, and I recommend watching it. Um, and she just seems like a really cool lady and has been through a lot, so I respect her. Anyway. Mad respect. Mad respect. Okay. So, my last, well, okay, I have, I have like, two more cases. That's it. Yeah. All right, so, Helen. Helen. You can watch her documentary on Netflix. It's called The Woman with Seven Personalities by Bancroft TV. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's a British thing. Okay. So Helen, she had seven personalities inside of her. Uh, she currently lives on benefit because she can't work at all. Um, because her personalities, like, so heavily influence her life. Like, one of them is extremely violent. And he's, like, a teenage personality. And he will... Uh, so he'll take over and he'll do like, he'll cut himself and, you know, so she'll wake up bleeding or in the hospital even sometimes. Um, he's not a good guy. And then she also has a teenage girl who's very similar and the teenage girl is also alcoholic and will like, so she'll, Helen will black out and the teenage girl who's, I can't remember her name, but she will, um, she'll go to like the local liquor store, liquor store and buy alcohol and um, get Helen very, very drunk, sometimes become suicidal. And then Helen will wake up with the hangover and be like, oh, God damn it. You know, like the, not again. Thanks, like Susan. Yeah. Or Christina or whatever. Anyway. Um, but her most, the, the most common alter that I saw in the documentary is Adam, who is like a little boy and, uh, he's very cute. He's very innocent. He loves toys. He loves going to the park. And he kind of takes over a lot of the documentary. Like, I think I saw maybe like 30% of Helen and a majority of Adam because he was the most prominent personality. Um, and he's very sweet. And it's very cute to watch. But anyway... Um, <laughs> And again, like, it's very much like watching a child. It's not like watching an adult woman anymore. It's like, oh, that is a little boy. So, um, yeah, she does. I, I think in hers, it was like, it was, a, I believe, a sexual assault related mm -hmm. trauma that um, caused her splitting and that it happened when she was, I think, around the age of seven, which is how, how old Adam is, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, um, I think she was possibly assaulted by a family friend and 
you know, didn't know how to do it. But, but the interesting thing about that documentary is that the woman who made it, like the producer of it, is actually somebody who knew Helen back in primary school before mm. um, the manifestation of DID really took over. And so it's it's like very interesting that she's like now reconnecting with this friend who really isn't the same mm-hmm. as she was in her childhood. But like, I don't know, it's just it's it's very it's a very cool pers- uh, personal and touching documentary. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because I, I read mostly books about this. It's just, it's yeah. very, it's good to see what it actually looks like. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So the last case study that I, or I guess story that I have is a case study and it is, um, cited and blind in one person, a case report and conclusions on the psycho neurobiology of vision by Wald Vogel B, Ulrich A, and Strasburger H. Look at you. I'm so fancy, so German. Okay. Um, <laughs> so basically, this was a study of a woman. She was diagnosed with DID, and after um, 15 years of having a diagnosis of cortical blindness, so not being able to see, literally, like being blind, she gradually regained her sight during psychotherapeutic treatment. So basically, it's one of those dissociative disorders where your body physically reacts to um, trauma, even though there shouldn't really be a physical reason behind it. It's all psychological. So she was blind, like literally could not see um a cortical blindness means like when they recorded um signals from her brain from her um cortex which is the top layer of your brain um the signals that should have gone off if she was seeing something were not going off so she was blind she was not like faking it or anything Mm -hmm. she was blind and yet when she started to do therapy for her did her blindness gradually was cured because it was all psycho, but only for one of her personalities. What? Yes. So one what? of them, one of them was still blind, but the other one started to be able to see again, and then eventually both of them. Because you okay. know, I think she was working on integrating her it was, personalities. It was, one at, it was one at a time. It's fine. Yes. Take so eventually, eventually, they were, like she was able to fully regain sight. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Yeah, after going to therapy sessions for approximately four years, some of the personalities, not all of them, started to regain sight. Her blindness was therefore most likely psychogenic. The systems are caused by psychological damage, not a physical one, but the symptoms are real. So again, the recordings from her cortex showed that she was blind, like should have been blind, but there was actually nothing. It was all like nothing physically wrong. It was all psychological. That's weird because even with like the psychosomatic disorders and stuff, it's like they still... Like, the brain still sees. Yeah. But, like, in this case, not even that. Yeah. No. It's like, the brain's like, we don't, we got nothing. Well, I mean, it could have been, like, it could have been that maybe some signals were still popping up. So, yeah, mm-hmm. she could, quote, unquote, see. But, like, the ones that caused her to have a picture were not working. Anyway. Okay. Um. So, yeah. That was a really interesting um, case study. And... It was reviewed. If you don't want to read the actual paper, 
it was also reviewed in an article called The Cut by, um, or sorry, the from a journal called The Cut by Medis Melissa Dahl. So it's in there. Read it. It's interesting. Okay, but something I kind of wanted to bring up mm -hmm. because I find this very interesting is that, and I wonder how it ties into DID, is there is a phenomenon some people believe in, and maybe this doesn't fall under DID because it's kind of the cultural, like, some something else is explaining what's yeah. going on, you know. Uh, it's a cultural thing. It's not dissociative. Um, but there's this concept of walk-in souls. So it often... People claim it happens if you have like a traumatic or near-death experience. Okay. That some people believe your soul can literally be switched. So like a common example is somebody was suicidal. They were about to take their own life or they managed to, you know, do something very physically dangerous. Another soul steps in and says, hey, this soul doesn't want to live. I want to live again. Mm. So that soul takes over the human body. Okay. Human survives, but now has a completely different personality. And sometimes can, you know, like this is all sketchy, but you know, mm -hmm. the, the supposedly they can remember like specific historical events that like they shouldn't be able to know yeah. or like whatever. So it like kind of like quote unquote proves that they're a completely mm. new person because they know about things they shouldn't and whatever. Um, but, yeah, so this, this has been reported on um, in different uh, supernatural, <laughs> uh, like, books and articles about these walk-ins. That's what they're called. Not to be confused with Christopher Walken. Different, <laughs> different guy. Isn't that, that would cause a lot of confusion. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, the walk-ins, yeah. So they are walk-in souls that replace a soul that doesn't want to be on earth anymore. And they do. And, yeah. um, supposedly will often happen after near death experiences. So I wonder if maybe those aren't walking souls, but that person has DID yeah. or maybe, cause you, I mean, you're talking about a religious explanation exactly. for something. Well, it's not necessarily religious. I would, well, I would keep it at supernatural, spiritual, spiritual. Yeah. Cause I mean, you have to at least believe in like a soul. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But I just thought that was interesting because I hadn't heard of those before. Um, but yeah, that's all I have, that's, friends. That's, that's DID. In that a, in, a I, in, a, in a very small little petite little nutshell. A little snack. A little DID snack. snack. A little snack. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is definitely still a fascinating disorder. Oh yeah. Whether or not like you believe. Is people should actually be diagnosed with it. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is definitely an obsession with it, like I said, in the media. Oh, for sure. And, and I mean, like, I kind of want to, you know, to point out that, like, fact versus fiction, a lot of the media just, you know, don't don't be dissuaded in believing in the diagnosis because the media makes oh, it yeah. seem so... And a lot of, like, it seems so fictionalized in the media because it is. Like, they get it wrong oh, a lot of the time. It's incredibly sensationalized. Like, yeah. it's... Most of these people are not doing like big. It's it's just it's and it, I imagine it's 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 frustrating to live as a human with DID. Oh like, yeah, of like, course. 
I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the what you mentioned one case where it's like, you know, she has one that's trying to, a, a, you know, an alter that's constantly trying to kill himself and one that's constantly getting drunk. Yeah. The, a lot of other ones is just like, nah, this is, this is my, the seven-year-old that lives in my head and that's the guy that takes care of her. Yeah. Yes, there's also a fairy there, but she's just really was logical and stuff. Like, it's, yeah. it's essentially, there are other personalities who are just other people. They're not doing crazy stuff like that one no. movie that I can't remember the name of. That guy. Stop bringing it up. Every time it's just, I don't know, but you know, that one thing. That one movie. That one thing. Okay. Um, Turns into a monster at the end. Yes, sure. Not real. Okay. Yeah. Definitely not real. These people have feelings, they have complex diagnoses, you know, um, whatever helps them and doesn't hurt others, I would say go go with them more often than against. You know, yeah, you're really gonna argue something like, "Well, what do you mean you have multiple personalities?" Like, yeah. You're really gonna argue someone's headspace with them. It's just, <laughs> I luck. mean, if it helps, like, think of it as a coping mechanism because yeah. that's definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, of it. it's like whether or not the brain has truly a capability to make alternate personalities or whatever. Like, there's there's still something that's manifesting differently. Exactly, and it's it's and it's causing them harm like think of yeah. think of that like would they really choose to be multiple personalities when one of them cuts himself constantly who wants and, to not remember yeah, things yeah honestly. And it's like, so annoying <laughs> i mean seriously i have normal forgetfulness exactly. and i hate it yes, why would awful. i want why would i want prolonged periods why where would i don't I remember just, things yeah or like you know like if you think they're pretending to get attention well yeah. then you know fuck you like stupid i'm sorry but I don't oh, think they're fucking up their own life to try and get let me, just some attention. Let me destroy my professional life, my yep. personal life, just because I want attention. Let me like, date a guy and then pretend like I'm not dating him just for well, funsies. It's so crazy. It's also crazy to me that he was just like, okay, I'm going to date. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's like, you know it's all in one person. They don't really, you know, to them it's it's different personalities. But to you, that's just. Well, I mean, he understood. But yeah. yeah it's so weird. It's, it's uh, definitely. Could you date someone who's like. My one, I'm dating only, one alter, but the other one, it's just like that's Laura. I don't even think I could date twins. To be honest, like <laughs> if I dated a twin, that'd be weird enough. I've gone on dates with twins. I've never wait with the twin. Oh, okay. Like a no, twin. he's like I'm a twin. And I'm like that's weird. There's a second version it's of weird. me somewhere out there. No tricksies. All right. Yeah. Don't Not into it. Back with me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Okay, so that was our first episode Ooh. recorded without a proper microphone. Well, we'll try to get that sorted we out. Have, we we okay. have proper mics. We just don't have all the We're wiring. We're not technologically savvy. Don't we Googled let, this shit. Oh, my God. Don't <laughs> let... Don't... Please. I mean, we did go to, like, a tech school. That does not mean... <laughs> we're t- I don't remember anything people. I learned. Sorry, oh, Biella. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. We Barton. took so many media classes and... You know, when you're 15, are you going to remember any of that? Mm-hmm. No. 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 I forgot math. And... Yeah. Don't even get me started <laughs> on math. All right. Well, okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We appreciate you it. Are. Rate, review, subscribe. I'm, I'm, Our mothers. I think that's supposed to be said at the end. <laughs> yeah, mom, learn how to do that. Um, dad let me show you how to use a computer and um yeah leave a i don't know leave leave a a positive review the negative ones can go home yeah y'all if you don't like it just go away don't 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 express your negativity into this world i mean you can have your negative opinions we don't want to hear them 
Not unless they're constructive, maybe. God. Constructive criticism's fine. Just being a mean person, not okay. Yeah. Don't okay. be mean. Fair like, enough. Honestly. Yeah. Life's short. Don't be a dick. Yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> Signing off. All right. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to Weird Science, hosted by Laura Moyer and Emily Gangness. If you'd like to get into contact, our email is wetalkweirdscience at gmail.com, spelled W-E-T-A-L-K-W-E-I-R-D-P-S-Y-E-N-C-E at gmail.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at weirdscience, spelled the same way. Cover art is by Morgan Kalka, whose Twitter handle is at playerdirector. Music is by Josue Allen at... J-O-S-U-E-A-L-N on Instagram. Thank you so much. Have a great day.